This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome, everyone. I am here today with Paolo Gierig. He's joining us from South Africa, and we're really looking forward to our conversation with him today, which is really around the hybrid workforce, a term that has been used quite a lot lately and one of the models that we'll be moving into from a workforce perspective. So really a hot topic at the moment. But Paolo, I'm going to give you five minutes to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and really what brought you into the space of of understanding this hybrid workforce model. And then we'll dig into some deeper questions on really what this means for organizations at this point in time. So welcome, Paolo. Uh, Thank you, Karen. So a little bit about my background. Um, I I started my career um, in professional services as a chartered accountant. And the minute I got in, I had a fascination for what uh, people who were successful in the workplace looked like and why they became successful in the workplace. So from a very structured accounting environment to a very people-focused area, I've spent the last 20 years um, looking at performance in the workplace. As an OD consultant, I've been watching with great fascination the way the world has changed through the world of work, through the pandemic, and hybrid business models have become something of an of a fascination. And that's really how I got into thinking about hybrid organizations and also at the same time working with clients who have been mo- moving towards these models. Fantastic. And ex- in your experience and the clients that you've worked with so far, What does an organization need to do differently in order to adopt this hybrid workforce model? And perhaps just take a step back in that and just explain what does hybrid workforce model actually even mean? Yes, that's a very good question. And I suppose there isn't really a clear-cut definition. What I'd like to think as a definition for a hybrid workforce is the fact that you would have traditionally, you'd have a building where people go to to work. And now with the global pandemic, everybody got sent home. And so you had people working remotely. So when we talk or define a hybrid workforce, we would say that you have a workforce that has people situated physically somewhere and a workforce that works somewhere else or remotely. So it's those two different types of workers which would then result in a hybrid um, organization. Does that make sense from a definition perspective? Absolutely, it does. But you can already, from that definition, just start seeing some of the the challenges that might start emerging from a people perspective. Absolutely, absolutely. When we think of an organization needing to do things differently to adopt a hybrid workforce, My sense is that there needs to be a complete mindset shift. And the starting point for me is to understand and mine the data from the work from home scenario and what impact that has had on the organization 
and culture. So to give an example, one of the clients that I currently work with has been working remotely, 100% remotely since March 2020. Now, that's a big mindset shift for a company that used to be 100% in the office. And they have still been successful. They've still made a lot of money. And their shareholders are happy. And this is the, the scenario that plays out. You know, what, what does it look like when we design or redesign our organization? And to think about it in a very different way that's not about time, but it's about output. And we've still got quite a, a far way to go on that. And I mean, we have come in in leaps and bounds. I remember being a, a young consultant and I mean, we had to be physically on client site visible until, you know, until the client left the building. So it was really about your visibility, about the hours that you you clocked and, and you know, how much time you were sat behind your desk necessarily, not, not the quality necessarily of the output there. But just from, from that, and I'd like to think it was a few short years ago, but I suppose it was a bit longer than that, to where we are today, which is a lot more of a, a fluid workforce model where we are starting to really push towards performance-based um, models or output-based models uh, used as that criteria. We have already taken quite a, a long journey to get to this point, and I suppose this is next the kind of next set of, of evolution. But at the same time, what I'm also hearing is more and more applications being developed that actually track your keystrokes and track the time behind your desk. What is your view on that? You know, that to me, is there, are there certain scenarios where that kind of monitoring is necessary? Are we really embracing this culture change if we're designing applications that are, are going to, to track almost the same level of, you know, is this person in the office, are they visible? What are the kind of things that we're needing to change to fully embrace this this culture change that we're discussing here? You know, this it's almost a trust-based system, isn't it? Absolutely. So when I think about um, trust and, and the use of the word trust, I think that, that that's become one of the most important things to build. And I, I do believe that it's completely counterintuitive to be setting up that type of software that tracks people, their keystrokes, whether they're at their computer, it feels quite draconian, actually. Um, mm. It's almost like somebody's looking over your shoulder, which they may have been in the in-person scenario, but um, ultimately people just wanted a, a line of sight of work to create and build trust. So I believe that that's totally counterintuitive and that organizations that do do that I think will fail in a hybrid work model. Absolutely, absolutely agree with you with that. But I think it 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 really leads into that next question. You know, is is there a one size fits all model as we go into this hybrid uh, workforce, or you know, what do we what do you anticipate specifically from an org design perspective? How do we how do organisations do this? How do they decide what is right for them? What are the kinds of things? they're needing to, to take into consideration when designing for a hybrid workforce? Yes, I, I absolutely don't think that there's one size that fits all. And in fact, I don't think within organizations, there will be one size that fits the entire organization. I think we've got to start with the organization's culture first. I think that's going to be the driving force be, behind deciding on a hybrid 
uh, workforce model and how, how you implement and how you work that. Because there will be multiple possibilities within any type of organization. So for me, the starting point is to, to design principles around how you want your organization to look, feel, and work in the future, and then drive that down to an individual team perspective to work out what's going to work best. Because ultimately, there will be different processes, different things that people do, and you'll want to work out what the sweet spot is for each of the particular areas within a, the bounds of a framework that makes sense from a cultural perspective for organizations. Mm. Absolutely. But again, just seeing the, the kind of skills of, you know, that coping with uncertainty and that, you know, ability to embrace change and stuff and, and being flexible and curious, I suppose, really coming to the fore in terms of skills that leaders are, are really needing. But what else, what other kind of advice could you give to leaders that are needing to adapt uh, to this model and want to be successful? You know, what tools or systems need to be put in place to to support this hybrid workforce? Yes. So, you know, when I think about leadership attributes, for me, there's, there's two things that really stand out. One is um, relationships and the second is trust building. For me, those are the two fundamentals that a leader needs to adapt to, um, to be able to understand what new ways of uh, doing things would look like and how that would be implementable with a group of people. The good thing is for me that some adaptation has already happened through the work from home scenario because there was no choice but to do it. So for me, 18 months into the pandemic, it feels like people have already started to exercise this leadership muscle of change and being able to do things differently, purely because we didn't have a choice to be able to do that. So it's really to understand how people have changed and really embed that change into the new design of models. And I suppose from a, a tools and systems perspective, I believe that from a tech perspective, mostly everything's in place already uh, to be able to do um, or to be able to have a hybrid workforce. Um, for me, it, it, it becomes more about the physical spaces um, in a physical office that perhaps are going to be different. So whereas everybody might have had a desk and, and meeting rooms were not that um, utilized because people would just work in, in an open plan type uh, collaboration, perhaps now the office becomes a, a more social space and not a doing space. And so for me, a thinking space, yeah, ex exactly. A place where you bring people together to, to almost do the work that becomes really difficult to do in, in a remote perspective. And mm -hmm. so people will go to the office and will need social spaces. And, and when I think of, you know, people and their work, it's, it's about the process and it's about the task. And the task is very easily done um, in a remote setting, but the process is very difficult to do in a remote setting. And, and process needs time and attendance um, to be able to get through that. Absolutely. So it would be it would be wise for each of us to really look at because I mean this is going to play out on a on a more collective but also on an individual perspective in terms of, you know, just looking at that 
that value chain of the work that you're needing to get done, all those tasks and understanding where or at which points you're going to benefit the most from those from that process or the inputs that you're needing to receive versus the, the deeper thinking and doing work that you can then do from that remote location. And perhaps that's a better way of going about that design of your own work chain than just kind of setting strict days in which to be in the office. Yes, it's, it's perhaps perhaps a combination because I think everybody's mm-hmm. going to decide these things not in isolation but in terms of needs that they may have for themselves. So, you know, you recently heard about Goldman Sachs saying everybody should come back to the office and that's almost their culture and driving it. And then I've heard of other organisations which are saying, you know, it seems like Thursday is the optimal day for people to be in the office or maybe it's a, a Monday and a Friday in the office and a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at home. It's all going to depend on individual preference and and business preference ultimately because the two have to be married and agreed. Absolutely. But it also sounds like there's a fair bit of kind of analytics going on to to kind of drive these decisions. Where do organizations get these analytics from? Where are we drawing this data from? How do we know Thursdays are the best days? Well, uh, for me, it's all about experimentation. And businesses need to experiment to feel um, what works optimally. So I think the data is coming from experimentation, but the data is also coming and the analytics are coming from um, measures of productivity um, over the last 18 months. And there's a lot of data actually sitting that businesses need to actually mine and understand how they've managed to keep their businesses running in, in sort of strange circumstances that, that give us good data. Absolutely. And it essentially, I mean, it has it has been a, a fast transition because we were we were essentially pre-pandemic really starting to gear up for a more hybrid uh, workforce anyway. The pandemic has just certainly accelerated that. But we've we've typically coped really, really well, given given just that pace of change. And as you were saying, you know, the systems were ready. The people in the beginning weren't necessarily, but we've definitely you know, adapted to that challenge and we are running full steam ahead now. But there are still some current challenges at the at the moment. What do you think those are and how would we overcome those? There are significant challenges because, you know, I suppose you've had this continuum of people within organizations where some people think they're going back to the same thing. That's the mindset. Some people are saying, well, actually, I've been very successful not being in a physical office. Why do I need to go back? And you've got everything in between. And layered in that, you've got um, new patterns of acclimatization that will have to happen, which may not be that fast. Or people may be quite resistant and reluctant because of um, health and well-being concerns, their own mental wellness. Um, and people also might not be able to see um, the possibilities that exist um, for themselves because they're quite wrapped up in in the pandemic still and the realities of the pandemic. So I think one of the big things also for me is around this kind of out of sight, out of mind kind of mindset 
And, you know, with that, what we will start to see is um, inequality, um, power mm-hmm. imbalances, and the perception that the advantage of being seen physically might actually drive people's careers further than the person who's not being seen physically and who might be out of mind. Absolutely. Fantastic. Again, just pointing to that, you know, two of the key things, it's, it's, about, it's about trust, it's about culture, and it's about, um, you know, the proper performance processes and, and metrics and understanding being put in place as we move forward. Yes. Perfect. Um, and then the last question uh, for today is just really, so from your perspective, how should leaders be supporting employees through this transition? Well, I, I think that's a good question because uh, employers have become really good at supporting people during this time of the pandemic. And it's to actually harness those new practices and embed them um, for, for the longevity into um, corporate or organizational life. But for me, the, it starts with a co-creation model and making meaning firstly of the time apart that people have had and what that's meant to be able to inform and influence um, the models that are chosen. So it's not just a blanket, Choose the, the leader chooses the model, sets the tone and they go for it. It's a co-creation model. And this really will allow us to understand people's preferences, um, attend to the relationship and, and building of trust in a different way, because this now requires a different level of trust, and provide regular feedback loops for people to be able to test, experiment, try things, and then relook at things and reformulate the approaches of hybrid work. There's also a big piece for me around creating boundaries and really thinking about what accountability looks like in in a hybrid workforce. To support employees, we also need to remember and be top of mind with the mindset of stress, burnout, and mental well-being, and thinking about the power imbalances that can arise through a hybrid work model. When we put all those things together, there's a lot of work to be done to support employees absolutely fantastic Paolo I've really enjoyed um, my time with you today and I think there's actually so much more that we can delve into and we will definitely get a chance again during your upcoming webinar and if any of our listeners are interested Paolo's latest article is up on the Talent Talk site it can be found at www.talenttalks.net as well as details of your upcoming webinar but certainly a conversation that that I would definitely like to continue and just so many more questions, I suppose, than answers at this point, which is which is really a fantastic creative space to to be in. But thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. It's been great to talk about hybrid organizations. <laughs>